With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Look out, right through! A kick by Steve Gleason! It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach! Touchdown, New Orleans! And it's Tracy Porter taking it all the way! Touchdown, New Orleans! Three, wide open. Wide open! And Smith! What a way to do it! Kamara in a tailback. He's got five rushing touchdowns. And... This is the Houdat Discussion, your one-stop shop for all things New Orleans Saints news, opinions, and reactions. Hello and welcome into the Houdat Discussion. I'm Andrew Galata, and as you guys could tell, I'm back after my hiatus in the 2021 fall season for the Saints, and I'm just so, so Happy to be back talking some Saints football. First off, can't thank Brendan Boylan enough for hosting during my uh, hiatus and time working uh, with the New York Giants as an intern. Brendan did an outstanding job. We got more news coming on that soon with him. Uh, But I just wanted to say, guys, I'm just very, very excited to be back talking about the Saints going into this offseason. It definitely should be a ton of fun. I think the Saints did take a step in the right direction, even though you kind of see the record go down from 2020 and regress. A lot of the statistics regressed from 2020. But you feel like that post-Drew Brees era, you feel like you can have success in it. And a lot of it has to do with this just dynamite Saints defense that came up to play here in 2021. And there's just so, so much to get into. Can't wait to dive into this whole analysis of this offseason a lot of question marks for the Saints where they're going to go especially on the offensive side but also keeping the group together on the defensive side of the ball as well and with my time interning with Giants.com and their digital media department learned a lot of different things with content and that type of stuff and I definitely want to bring it here to the Houdat discussion and elevate the content here on the podcast whether it be new segments whether it be going back to YouTube and that type of stuff and We're going to continue to develop the podcast here over the uh, next few weeks, next few months. Little by little, you'll see changes. You'll probably see the new intro music here to the podcast now, the new logo on our social medias, new banners, and that stuff will continue just little by little here as we continue throughout this offseason. I can't wait to bring it all to you guys. Uh, I definitely want to promise a, a better produced podcast and a better produced channel going forward here holistically at the Houdat discussion, and I'm just stoked to be back. But I want to talk here in this episode about the Saints, just recapping this 2021 season at a very, very, you know, just broad level. Talk about the offense in the first segment, the defense in the second segment. And first off, just got to say that uh, obviously this team finishes 9-8. and eight. They win their last game against the Atlanta Falcons, but do not get the help to get into the playoffs by the Los Angeles Rams who get defeated by the San Francisco 49ers 
and Niners then got into the playoffs. They won a game against the Cowboys. I think they definitely deserve to be in there. I feel like the team that the Saints probably deserved it over was the Eagles, but the Eagles caught the Saints at probably the best time, unless you're the Miami Dolphins and catch the Saints with COVID. Uh, but when the Saints didn't have those COVID issues, you feel like the best time was that Eagles game where Trevor Simeon was starting, Alvin Kamara was out, defense wasn't playing at the highest of its level, and, you, and that was really the low point of the season that the Eagles caught the Saints at. And you feel like if the Saints played the Eagles either early in the season with Jameis Winston and a healthy team, or at the end of the season where they felt like they were just hitting a rhythm defensively and they found how they were going to win games, if you liked it or not, that was how they were going to win games. I feel like the Saints would have beat the Eagles, but they, they the Eagles catch the Saints in this weird mixed period with a lot of injuries and really all the Saints playmakers out. So that's why the Saints really didn't make the playoffs. You can go back to a few games as well, but you circle that one for sure. Eagles just got shellacked by the Buccaneers in the first round. Like if the Saints are there, I mean, look, I mean, you can go down to points in the season, but the Saints don't make the playoffs, but they do finish over 500. And you feel like considering the circumstances, considering the hurricane that displaced them in the first month of the season, considering the COVID issues, considering the rash of injuries that this team saw, 9-8, you feel like you, you have now a bouncing, jumping off point, excuse me, to create a winner in 2022. Not only one that's vying for the division, but one that's vying to a you know a Super Bowl. And that's something that I, I think the Saints will still look forward to doing. They'll aggressively try to pursue that Lombardi trophy. And to do that here going forward in the 2022 offseason, 2022 season, you got to first analyze the 2021 season. And I want to start off here with this offense. And we'll talk about this offense at length over the next few weeks going into the offseason. Not a lot of things went right when you're looking at this offense. It didn't go right in the preseason. It didn't go right really for the entire season. Maybe bits and pieces where you had some good games. That last game against Atlanta was one of the better ones. Obviously, the first game of the season against the Packers was, was one of Jameis Winston's best games for sure. That's the first half of that Tampa Bay game as well with Jameis Winston. You know, there are some points where this team really on the offense felt like they were going to hit their stride. And then for whatever reasons, injuries, COVID, whatever it may be, it was just derailed. Or just the end of the season, it was just derailed there. And you kind of obviously have to look at that quarterback position to start and the injuries there. Because you start off Jameis Winston coming into the season. He's on this, you know, one-year deal where if he has a great year, you feel like the Saints re-sign him. If not, maybe you move on. And he was solid throughout his five starts for sure. I think nobody would, or six starts, was it? Uh, you know, I don't think anyone would really doubt that. You didn't see these big, great star-studded moments from him. You felt like maybe he was on the precipice of that in that Tampa Bay game, and maybe he would start rolling after that. But tears his ACL, and he gets injured for the year. And if you're the Saints, you're like, okay, where do we go from here? Well, Taysom Hill... He has an injury in his foot, so he's not going to be the starter. So in comes Trevor Simeon, and that's that five-game losing streak. And everyone's going to look at the quarterback and the dip in quarterback play, which was definitely there. But you got to look to other areas as well because you have Alvin Kamara out in that game, the Saints' best player on offense coming into the season, end of the season, whenever you want to talk about it. Alvin Kamara is the Saints' best offensive player, and him missing those five games was the reason that they lost all those five games and why they didn't have a lot of offensive success in those games was because of Alvin Kamara's injury. And once they got him back, they started winning again. Coincidence? Probably not. So that's going to be 
I think, going into the offseason. How do they build around Alvin Kamara, keep him healthy, keep him fresh? Having his running mate Mark Ingram there is definitely going to help that. But also during that stretch, you had Ryan Ramchick go down with an injury. You had Taron Armstead go out with an injury. So you didn't really have any weapons and obviously no Michael Thomas. Um, so you're going in with really no weapons, a triple backup quarterback, and an offensive line that's just really banged up. And a, a really where you built your team around, your offensive line just does not come through for you. So even if you don't have the weapons, you felt like, oh, at least I have a good offensive line. That didn't happen because of injuries and lack of depth either. So this team falls, you know, just into disarray on offense. They can't really get anything going for a few games. Then Taysom Hill comes back. Alan Kamara comes back. Taron Armstead comes back for a bit there. And you definitely see this team at least, you know, they weren't the best on offense. They definitely were not, but they were not turning the ball over. And at least they were being complimentary to this defense. They were playing the field position game. It wasn't the worst offensively. It was a bad offense. It was probably a bottom five offense, but it wasn't the worst, especially when you look at uh, some other teams across the NFL. And the Saints were winning ball games, large part to their defense. And then the COVID game where Ian Book comes in, it's just a complete mess. And that's a point where, you know, COVID just could not have derailed your season because they the Saints needed to basically win out to make the playoffs uh, after they went on that losing streak. And they just don't. And that's going to be the reason that loss to the Dolphins, you could point to that. You could point to the Eagles loss, point to the Falcons loss, Giants loss in the beginning of the season. You could point to all of that. Uh, to be the reason why the Saints didn't make the playoffs, but all those teams, you know, all teams that didn't make the playoffs have those types of games. And for the Saints, that's where you feel like it falls. Book has, you know, just an unfair game because it's it's unfair to put a guy in on Thursday that hasn't played. He's just this unpolished rookie with no starters, no nothing, and tell him to win a football game. It was just it, the expectations, you know, had to be so so low. And, you know, it just ends up not working out for him. Does not have a good game. Dolphins win. And the Saints offense just ends up just being very, very poor in the bottom of the league in a lot of categories. And you look across the board now uh, for the Saints, and you end up with 29 touchdowns to 13 interceptions combined from all the quarterbacks. So at least for the most part, the Saints were holding on to the ball. So that was definitely good stuff there. Taysom Hill did have a four-interception game against Dallas on a Thursday night. But besides that, this team definitely looked very good, at least keeping the ball and not turning it over. That was a huge point to why this team was winning at the end of the season. They weren't shooting themselves in the foot. So that's obviously, you know, a big point of emphasis there. The quarterback play wasn't great. You know, I don't think anyone's going to say this is Drew Brees' level of football. I don't think anybody expected that. But I feel like going forward, if the Saints feel like they can't get a Russell Wilson or they can't get that star at quarterback, and the right quarterback in the draft isn't there, I think you're fine with bringing back a Jameis Winston or whoever it may be to kind of hold down the fort, maybe give him another shot to try to be a franchise guy. Because you definitely saw things there that maybe you can work on and get better. And, you know, obviously with Winston, everyone's going to go to the quarterback rating being very, very high. They're going to go to the touchdown-interception ratio being high. But the yards per game are under 200. That's obviously not good where it is. The completion percentage is at 59, not the best there. The Saints didn't move the ball great. It was definitely in spurts. When they were moving the ball well, it was great. They were hitting the deep balls. But when this team didn't move the ball, you go to a, a game like uh, the Seattle game where the Saints just could not move the ball and the defense just has a masterpiece of a game to bail them out. But that's kind of what it was under Jameis Winston and it only got worse from there. Uh, Simeon, we know he's going to be a backup. Nothing great from him. Uh, but he kept the Saints in a lot of games, kept him in the Falcons game, kept him in the Titans game, and then kind of the wheels fell off on him once just everything 
went to pieces and the offensive line was really hurt. The uh, weapons were just not there, non-existent for the Saints. And really a point we haven't talked about this offense yet, and I'm going to save it for last here, but it's going to be the uh, the weapons and the wide receiving group, the tight end group, and everyone outside of Alvin Kamara there for this offense. And again, it's it was just, it was tough. It was tough sledding. This team couldn't get open really one-on-one matchups. Marquez Callaway came into his own, it seemed, once Taysom Hill was in there, and that was obviously a good sign. He really came on later in the season, uh, ends up with six touchdowns, which receiving is good, 700 yards, 46 catches. So not a bad jumping off point for him. And you feel like for him, if he can, with Michael Thomas, and you're hoping you add another receiver, he can be a three. And that's where you're feeling with that. Same with Deontay Harris, who ends up with uh, 570 yards and 36 catches, three touchdowns. So Deontay's a guy that you feel like can maybe take that next step in a lesser role. So maybe he's putting up similar stats, but there are a lot less targets. And he can make those big plays when his number is called. Alvin Kamara, he ends up with five touchdowns. But you see the numbers are down from him. Only 47 catches. He's known to be in that 80 range. So again, Traquan Smith wasn't there for him either this season. Had a great last game of the season. And besides that, it just wasn't the best output for him. Whether it be injuries or just not rising up to be that that guy that we thought he was. But I think he's good in his role. I think these guys are good in their roles, but they didn't have a number one. And to be quite frankly, they probably didn't have a number two. And that's going to be a huge issue going into the offseason. The tight end room. Adam Troutman didn't decide to show up this year. Took a regression in uh, his sophomore season. And that's a problem. Going now into his third season, he's going to have to take a step up. Since they have Nick Finette who we kind of know what he is. He's going to be that number two tight end, but you need a number one there. That's going to be an issue for the Saints going forward. And it could be an area that you just let ride out and you don't kind of touch it. Maybe you add a tight end like third round of the draft and see if he can stick. But this team has other issues besides tight end and bigger issues and just more integral positions. So you may have to just kind of run it, run it back with the guys you have uh, there. And this offensive line, I think we got to talk about it. It just wasn't good this year in many parts because of injuries. And now you see Turn Armstead may leave in free agency. That opens up a huge hole at left tackle. And don't be surprised with that 18th pick that the Saints use it on a left tackle if Armstead leaves in free agency. Ryan Ramchek, when he played, you felt like maybe there was even a little dip there, but he didn't play a lot of the season. Looked really good in that last game, though, so that was a big step forward for him. He had some falters early in the season, even when he was healthy. Andrews Pete gets hurt after his big contract, but he looks like he's getting better. So you're hoping, again, he's not that fifth man anymore on the offensive line. That goes to Cesar Ruiz. Eric McCoy plays good, but Cesar Ruiz, I think, is the big one here. The Saints invested a lot on the interior, whether it be Pete, whether it be McCoy uh, in, in in the 2018 draft, going into 2019, or, yeah, excuse me, uh, you know, going into um, that 2019 season or for the Saints there with McCoy. And then, obviously, Ruiz in the twenty uh, the twenty twenty season going into that season. So, back to back big investments in the interior offensive line, and McCoy works out. Ruiz takes a step back, and that's just not a problem, especially or big problem, excuse me, especially when he's the only offensive line that plays every snap in this season. That was just like the Saints' luck. Their worst starting offensive lineman is the only one that doesn't get hurt for any part of the season, and that's just kind of the way it was uh, for the Saints' end. I feel like James Hurst, he did a fine job um, plugging in there, and he's going to be, I think, a good six-man on this team going forward, but he's a six-man. He's a guy that can plug and play. You'd like to have 
five other guys in front of him. Calvin Throckmorton, you felt like he took the next step, which is good, and I think he's going to be another good backup. But having him play 16 games is not going to be the answer there. Jordan Mills at tackle may not be a bad fourth tackle or whatever it may be, but when you have both tackles out and your interior isn't playing well, for one game, Eric McCoy was out. I mean, and especially in that last few weeks, I believe that was the Panthers one. It's just not going to be pretty because of that. And this offensive line, they put so much money into it, you kind of have to just ride with it, and maybe you draft a left tackle this year and you continue to invest more in it. I think that's going to happen. If, if they can't re-sign Armstead, which I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. They just go to a guy that, look, you're going to have to give Armstead a lot of money. Teams are going to want to give him a lot of money, and he's a guy that does get hurt a lot, and you kind of have to weigh, do we want to pay him or do we want to pay another guy? And if it's between him and Marcus Williams, I'm going to choose Marcus Williams. Um, going to choose the younger player in that respect, but you feel like you can draft well at that position. They've drafted well in the past at the tackle position, so maybe you feel a little more confident replacing it your star tackle than your star safety, which the Saints have had documented trouble drafting safeties over the years or just acquiring safeties over the years at the free safety position. Um, and everyone's going to go back to the Jarius Bird, but it's not just that move uh, for the Saints. So, again, I think that's going to be an area to talk about during the season. And I, I think everyone's going to go back to the quarterback position, and they should, but I think the offensive line should also be just a huge point of emphasis this offseason. If this team has a good off, or a good offensive line, you're feeling good about who's ever the quarterback, that this team could compete for a division title because that defense is so good. And you haven't heard Dennis Allen's name in any head coaching co- uh, conversations with whatever the seven vacancies out there in the NFL. So if he's coming back and this defense is coming up strong, we're going to get to it in our last segment here with the defense. You're feeling pretty good that you can keep that group together and that group will be solid. Then you just have to work on the offensive side of the ball and you can just retool that side. Salary cap will get retooled and you know you can kind of add players from there. Excited to see what the Saints could do there. And I think they're in a position where they could, they're not going to be on the super spending spree, but they can go back more what they did last year, more than last year. I think they will. I I think they may get one headline player, which, you know, you can kind of tip your cap on a big free agent addition like they've had in the past, whether it be a guy like a Jared Cook or Emmanuel Sanders, not huge moves, but good pieces that you can add towards a division winning team. And again, I think this offense I think they're going to turn it around. I think Michael Thomas is going to come back. We haven't talked about him a lot here in this segment. I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to play well. I think he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. And I, and I think he wants to kind of rewrite, rewrite a lot of what people are saying, excuse me there, about Michael Thomas and what they're thinking about him going here into this 2022 season. And I'm excited to see him and trying to get past all this. because I, I don't think he's going to get traded. I don't think the Saints are going to do that. Just the contract, the way it's set up, Saints aren't going to eat $20 million to trade away Michael Thomas. This is not going to happen. They're going to bring him back. He's part of the solution to this team and this offense being better. He's part of the solution for next year. And there's nothing else you can say. Maybe not going forward, maybe not past 2022 or 2023, but he's part of this solution in the short term. And Michael Thomas makes this team a hell of a lot better. So... We're going to get to him a lot as well and kind of look what happened when the Saints missed him and they had him. We're going to go back to that and talk about that a ton on a future episode, but I wanted to touch upon it there. So the offense, a lot of work. There were some positives, and you know I I know I do definitely want to harp on some of the positives because there was some, because I don't want it to be 20 minutes of just ragging on him because it wasn't good overall, but you saw little spurts and little areas 
that were good and you can build off of, and that's what this team is going to try to do here in the offseason and add towards a 2022 team. Because this team probably won't go from one of the worst offenses to one of the best in one year. But if you can take a jump step forward, once you have not as many injuries, you feel like you'll be right in the conversation for a division title again. So that definitely uh, should be very good. And who knows, maybe they will be back inside the top 10 of offense uh, ranked offenses next year. But again, they have a lot of work to do to get there. So we'll definitely have to see that. Before we talk about this defense and their just amazing performance in the 2021 season, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back inside the Houdat Discussion. I'm Andrew Galata, and we're going to move over to talking about the defense at a broad level here in the 2021 season for the Saints. We just talked about the offense, and now we're going to move over to talking about the defense. And the offense struggled a ton. We detailed it, how it just wasn't enough really across the board, whether it be uh, offensive line play, whether it be you know wide receiver play, it just wasn't there. And uh, you know some of that stuff for the Saints. And it felt like injuries ravaged that offense more than anything. And you feel like they could have been an average group if everybody was healthy. And obviously injuries just, just completely ravaged the Saints offense. And the defense... They had a little bit of injuries, but you felt like this team, they stayed relatively healthy. Yes, there were a few players here and there that were in and out of the lineup, but you felt like they stayed relatively healthy, and the Stars came out to play, and any spot that coming into the season you felt was an issue, whether it be a you know a guy opposite Cameron Jordan, whether it be um, the linebacker opposite Demario Davis, and whether it be the cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore... All three were plugged, and not only were they plugged, you felt like they were elevated from years past. And Cameron Jordan, him playing better, you know, that's another thing that you felt like guys that even you felt were solidified in their position, they played better than maybe what you expected. And that's why I feel like this defense, it it, it really went from maybe that top 10 defense to a top three defense uh, here in 2021. And for it to rise and get better, that's, it's so, so impressive. And going into the season, I felt like the Saints team was going to be around 10 wins fighting for a chance at the playoffs. They ended up at nine. And considering what happened on offense, definitely didn't expect that. Expect them to be a little bit better on offense. I thought this offense was going to be better. I thought they were going to be more fine than this defense. I was much more worried. If you go back to listen to the end of the season podcast last year, I was so, so worried about the second quarterback, uh, cornerback position after they let go Janoris Jenkins, was concerned about the linebacking position next to Demario Davis as they didn't re-sign Quan Alexander until late into the 2021 offseason, and they end up drafting Pete Werner, but they don't add anybody in free agency, and the Saints just ran it back with Marcus Davenport, they add Peyton Turner, and that was an issue, it's been an issue for a while, who's going to play opposite Cameron Jordan, and it, it ends up being Marcus Davenport who just shines and has a great season, and you just feel that this defense just, every time they're on the field, you felt like they were going to force a punt or a turnover or whatever it may be. And it's very, very hard to have that much confidence in a defense, especially as a Saints fan, but in a, if you're a fan of any team. And this defense was on the field so long because the offense just sputtered time and time again. And they still came through time and time Again, you got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff with Dennis Allen, to the rookies that came in, Paulson Adebo, third-round pick, 
you know, he's in that conversation for like the top five rookies of that draft class. He just played outstanding. And considering what the Saints, you know, maybe could have gotten a guy like J.C. Horn if they would have moved all the way up, he ends up getting hurt. Patrick Sertain, he definitely was the better of the two. But Azebo, value-wise, I think was the better pick. So you you go into really getting a huge second quarter, and Adebo looks like he's going to grow and get better and better. You added Bradley Roby as well. So you ha- you were just so, so strong at cornerback, and he's a guy that could be restructured, um, you know, or maybe a guy that's even cut because of Adebo played so well. But he's a guy that's still on the roster here for 2022. Chauncey Garner-Johnson plays outstanding in the back end as well, along with Marcus uh, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, P.J. Williams. We'll see if the Saints re-sign him along with Marcus Williams. I feel like both those guys will be back. I just have a feeling that the Saints will do anything to bring this group back because this group is special on defense. And especially, it seems like Dennis Allen's more and more likely to come back as the Saints defensive coordinator, as you don't really hear his name very often in um, head coaching vacancy talk and conversation. So if he's back, you really feel like this defense is going to be top again in 2022. And I think they overperformed. They outperformed a lot of their expectations. Now they're going to, their goal in 2022 is to maintain their expectations and kind of stay upon the tops in the league. Maybe they won't be top three, but at least be top 10 and be a group that's just one of the best in the league. And the way Marshawn Lattimore played, the, the the way Demario Davis played, the way Cameron Jordan played up front, the way Christian Ringo played, and Shai Tuttle, David Onyemata once he came back from suspension. This defense is elite at really all three levels. You have Cameron Jordan, Pro Bowler, All Pro type guy, twelve and a half sacks, eight and a half sacks in the final four games. Just crazy output from him later in the season. And you know we'll definitely get into more of his year of how. It, he was knocking on the door of a lot, not getting a lot of sacks early in the season. And late in the season, it came in an avalanche, all the sacks that he got. Marcus Davenport, for the games he was healthy in, he was just outstanding in. And you look at what he was able uh, to do in his output, his best of his career, nine sacks in only 11 games. So you feel like if he can stay healthy for a full season, he's a guy that can be a double-digit sack guy. Uh, Tano Passano early in the season was big. And he could be a guy, you know, you want to bring back in the rotation. Peyton Turner didn't even play, and he's going to be back in 2021. You feel like this defensive line is so, so strong. Linebackers, Demario Davis, he's going to be there. You're hoping to bring back Quan Alexander, he'll be there. And Pete Werner, a lot of people question that uh, pick in the second round, but he came in here, he did his job, and he did a wonderful job as to be an instant uh, contributor to the Saints team. You know, between him, Quan and Mario Davis, that, that linebacker group was one of the best in the league, if not the best. You, you have to put it up there with the Bucks, just because they played so, so strong, and they were flying all over the field, playing such good football. And we talked about the back end already. I think that's one of the best in football. You got your shutdown corner. You got that rookie that maybe I think will get better as time goes on. Your safeties, to me, you look at the veteran, a nature of, Jenkins and Williams the way he's able to range and play that center field of the defense. You know, it's it's a really good group. You add Chauncey Garner-Johnson, who took a huge leap forward, and his confidence and his swagger just defines this defense. And you're just feeling so, so strong about them here going into 2022 if they can keep the, this group together. I think they do keep this group together. I think Mickey Loomis knows if he keeps this group together, they're only going to get better. The continuity in this Dennis Allen defense to continue here into 2022, you know, if you're in, if you're in the opposition, you're like, how is Dennis Allen not left? Because he's only gotten better and better and better. And now I bet 
that he's even going to get even better next year because he's one of those coaches. If you continuity, it's going to get better and better. And I really think that this defense will maintain its itself and will be a great defense force to be reckoned with going forward. The ability that they're able to just disguise coverages, disguise a guy like Tom Brady. I mean, this guy's a guy like Aaron Rodgers. The Saints played the best against the best passers because this Saints defense is built like one of the best here in football because they can defend those drop-back quarterbacks, those drop-back offenses with the Rodgerses, the Brady's, the Mahomeses. I'm fine if you want to sit back and throw 50 times. Those are the you know best offenses in the league, and the Saints can stop them. And they've shown it time and time again this year. Guys like Jalen Hurts, those scramblers, they've had more trouble with. But the way the NFL's going, it's more of that gunslinger way. It's not run, zone, runs. It was that way like three years ago. But you kind of see more now. It's those big arms. And those are the teams that are winning the Super Bowl. Those are the teams they'll see in the playoffs. And I think they'll even get better at playing those scramblers, those zone read systems. But those are going to be the ones that give them trouble. They've gotten better, but they're definitely not at that elite level like they are at the other areas. But that's something that... I think they'll grow on, and I think they're going to use probably a lot of their draft picks to the offensive side of the ball, but maybe that's an area you go out and get a guy uh, to, to help you in that area. But you feel like if you get Marcus Williams back, if you can keep Quan and PJ on kind of shorter-term deals, you're feeling so, so good about this team going forward. And, uh, you know, you can't ask much more from this defense, what they did in 2021. So if they can even give you you know, 90% of that going into next year, that's probably a top five defense. If they can give you 80% of that, that's probably a top 10 defense and so on. And you're hoping that they can do that. And you're hoping that the offense isn't as hurt. You're hoping the defense, you don't have these suspensions like they did this year with David Onyemata. You're hoping, you know, you can stay healthy, maybe the defensive line, because you feel if Peyton Turner is maybe a little far farther in his development than Davenport was at that time, you're seeing maybe a six, seven sack guy as your third defensive end. It's just crazy. And Davenport, he'll be back. Maybe they'll negotiate something with him. But, again, going forward, this defense will be good. And I think they'll be good to go. Dennis Allen doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere. But even if he does, you have guys that can step in as defensive coordinator and keep that continuity, whether it be a guy like Ryan Nielsen, whether it be a guy like Chris Richard. I really like the way this defense is going. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to have that vaunted defense. Because I felt like if this team got into the playoffs, they can beat anybody. And I still believe that. I'll believe that here going into next season. And, you know, you dominate, you know, the GOAT and Tom Brady like that. You're going to obviously, you know, get the attention. But the way this team was doing it every game, and I think that was huge. They were doing consistently week in and week out, whoever they were playing. And that end of the season run where they won four of the last five, and the defense played good in all five of those games. And I think they would have beat the Dolphins if Taysom Hill plays in that game. They don't have that COVID issue. I think they probably win that game if Trevor Zimian plays, to be, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and you know you 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 have somewhat of an offensive line. You don't have guys getting fitted for pads before the game, which is what was happening. Uh, but you know if you feel like everyone was gonna you know kind of a normal game, I think they would have won that game against the Dolphins, and you'll probably find yourself in the playoffs right now. But you know that's a shoulda woulda coulda situation, and you know we won't go too into that. But I really felt like this defense down the stretch, after that five game losing streak, they were challenged, and not only did they meet that challenge, they exceeded the challenge and the expectations and they just played lights out. They beat a team in Tom Brady. They, you know, just crushed the last few division games when they had trouble with the Falcons in the past. They had trouble in the Panth- with the Panthers in the past and they just did an outstanding job and they were everything that this team needed, wanted, 
And look, it's so much easier to talk about this team, so much simpler to talk about this team where, okay, this is where we can fix the areas on offense. This is what we can really do to kind of maybe get a quicker fix, and then we can kind of add from there. And when you have that great defense, it's so much easier to do that. It's so much easier to diagnose this team's problems when one side of the ball is taken care of. Now, a lot of teams, you, know, you could look at the team like the Broncos. You could look at a team that has these great defenses, but the offense just could never seem to come together. Uh, and, and those teams, you know, obviously that's a tough situation where you feel like you're on the precipice and you have one side of your ball Super Bowl ready, but the other side isn't. The Saints have done it forever. It was just the flip. It was the offense was amazing and the defense was just dreadful. Now it's the opposite. I think this team will find it. I think next year will be, you know, a better offensive situation. The defense, if you could maintain that defense, I think it will be in the same ballpark. And I think you see a much better record uh, for the Saints. So that will wrap up our talk about the defense. I want to talk about one quick thing before we wrap up, and that was the Sean Payton rumors. I don't want to give it a ton of talk, but there were a few rumors that he may leave the Saints to go to a team like Dallas or Chicago in his hometown or New York, where he used to coach with the Giants. I don't see any of that stuff happening. I think he's staying with the Saints. I don't really want to talk about it too much because I think you know it doesn't deserve the light of day. That's why I kind of put it at the back end of the podcast. I think he's coming back. I think the only reason he'd lead the Saints is if he were to retire, uh, and I don't see that coming up real soon. I think he knows the Saints team fought really hard. I know he's really proud of this group, and I know that he feels like you know the guys won't give up on him, and this team won't give up on him, so he won't give up on them and just jump ship. And you know, I think next year is going to be a year where this team look they saw the adversity. And it hit hard. They didn't make the playoffs, but you can build off of it. it. It was it was one of those moments where you felt like you ended the season on a positive note. Not like a you know you missed the playoffs and you kind of tumbled down after a lot of injuries and you quit on your team. It didn't feel like that. It felt like this team was growing, and you know they were able to uh, play really solid football at the end of the season. They fell short, but it seems like it was a jumping off point uh, for this team. And I, I don't see Sean Payton jumping ship. I, I think he sees this team where. You know, these guys have this Super Bowl culture, and we've came up short time and time again. But, you know, I owe it to these guys and owe it to this franchise to at least try a few more times or however long he needs, you know, or wants to and before he retires. But uh, definitely should be a fun ride here in this offseason. A ton to talk about here in the next few months before free agency and then doing mock drafts and all that fun stuff. Already starting to do some research on the draft, so that should be a ton of fun as well. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, definitely follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. We're going to be getting Instagram back up, so follow us on there as well. We're going to get some new segments. We're going to get some new content in there that's fresh and new. And I really hope that you guys enjoy it. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for welcoming me back here on the podcast. And... Who dat?